back to another episode of Trash Talk with CJ and Rush. Christian J. Elton, Jonathan Rushing, bringing you all the news and sports of the week. Jonathan, happy Saturday. It's time to talk some trash. Happy Saturday to you, Christian, and all of our <laughs> lovely viewers. Today is Saturday, October 24th, in the crazy year that is 2020. It is fun to be here, and Christian and I are celebrating another Dodgers victory in the World Series game whoa, three. Whoa, whoa, Dodgers whoa. are now up two games to one. You are celebrating. That is you that is doing that celebrating. <laughs> I am pissed. I will say this. I, I, and I kind of told you in the pre-show when we were talking about what we're going to talk about. I don't expect anything else. Here's the problem. Blake Snell was amazing the other night. The issue is he can only pitch maybe two games, maybe three if it gets to game seven. It's not – this thing is not set up for the Rays to win. It. The Rays have a great team, but their pitching staff is not as strong as it needs to be. We saw last night that Charlie Morton was not the Charlie Martin, Morton of old. He is getting older, and it's slacking off a little bit. And, boy, the Dodgers were not going to let him beat him beat them again in a World Series game. Uh, last night was pretty brutal. Brutal. I'm glad that you brought that up because the Dodgers remember what Charlie Morton did to them on Game 7 oh, yeah. in the 2017 World Series when he was on the Houston Astros. Hey, and hold on, hold on, hold game. on. It is, not what the, it is not what Charlie Morton did to them. It's what you Darvish did to them, all right? I'm kidding. Granted, it's not they, they were stealing you Darvish's signs. I'm so. kidding. It's not you Darvish's fault. And they weren't stealing signs in Dodger Stadium. So, sorry. You can't, you can't fly that one by me, bud. <laughs> but like you said, Blake Snell is lights out. Like the Rays pitching staff is great. They just don't have the offense. Like Randy Arona's uh, Rose Arena is a great story. Like he came out of nowhere this year. Like they just don't have the bats, I think, to win it. And I think this is finally the Dodgers year. Finally, after a 32 wait for the World Series. But my question to you, Christian, is Blake Snell the best pitcher on the Rays? And he's their only chance to ever get another win for them? I would say yes at this point. I, well, here's the thing. Tyler Glass now is amazing. The f- problem is when he doesn't get any offense to back him up and he gets rattled early, there's nothing that you can do. So I, I would I would expect a good performance out of him in the next game he starts. I can't rely on Charlie Morton. I can't rely on anybody else. And their bullpen's good, but the thing is, if you're going to them in the third inning – at some point, they're going to get taxed, and it's going to be an issue. I I thought it was amazing how many pitching changes the Dodgers were making, um, and that you, you know the you know Dave Roberts was. I was worried he was kind of you know pulling a Dave Roberts, as it were. Uh, but you guys ended up getting the win in Game One, and of course Game Three last night. So you guys are sitting pretty up two games to one. But of course the series is not over yet. I'm actually hoping it extends a little bit so that I can bet on it when I'm in Vegas. So uh, I'd like it to go at least till Tuesday. That'd be great. Thanks. <laughs> that actually brings up a good segue. Our, we actually have a fan question that's submitted via Instagram. Our good friend of the show, Jonathan Ventura, asks us, will the World Series go to a seven game? Gosh, seven I game. hope so. Boy, I hope so. Here, Here's the thing. I don't think it will. I am honestly surprised it's going to go to a fifth game. 
I think that a lot of people tabbed the Dodgers to win this thing in four. And after game one, it kind of felt like it might be done in less than that somehow. Because the, it, it's it doesn't seem like an even matchup. These teams were the best teams in each league. But the Dodgers have such a formidable offense that when... When you guys, when you have a guy like Brandon Lau who's not hitting the bat, hitting the ball very well right now, and G-Man Choi who's getting things done but not hitting the ball to the moon like he's done in the past for them, it there's no promise of success. And and when you run into when you run into Walker Bueller, who I would argue had the best performance of his career last night, it's it's like running into a buzzsaw. Walker Bueller is definitely the definitely the new ace of the Dodgers. The torch has definitely been handed down from Clayton Kershaw to Walker Bueller in the last few years. But like you said, I think Walker did have the other than the one run that he gave up. It was a lights up performance. Didn't he have a no hitter going into like the fourth or fifth inning? Something like that, yeah. Like he was lights out, Walker Bueller. He has ice in his veins. Like even in the NLCS, was it Game Six that he pitched? Was it Game Six or Seven? But he had bases so, loaded, yeah. like a three zero count. And he got out of the jam with no outs. Like the dude has been awesome in the postseason. Like if a pitcher can get the MVP for the Dodgers, I would say postseason MVP would be Walker Bueller. Speaking but, of the NLCS, it had not been finished by the time we recorded our show last week. And so we have to do a little bit of trash talk on the Atlanta Braves who were up three, one, and maybe we should just talk trash on the entire sports concept in Atlanta because of course if you remember the Falcons had a 28 to 3 lead against the Patriots a couple years ago in the Super Bowl and 28 plus 3 is 31 3 and 1 it's a curse that city's cursed they will never win a championship you're really grasping for straws there but poor Atlanta <laughs> fans poor Atlanta like at least the Braves are good the Falcons are awful the Hawks they're on the up and up with Trey Young but Atlanta sports, it's not looking promising. My favorite um, the, thing... The, other than the Braves. The Braves do look good, and I think they'll be good again next year. Yeah, I, I do think the Braves have promise. Of course, they're hosting the All-Star Game next year at Truist Park, originally SunTrust Park. and It does look like a beautiful ballpark. Um, I, I am excited to visit that. Uh, hopefully, I can do so in like April or something when it's not 150 degrees and 99% humidity outside. But uh, they've got something nice brewing down in Georgia. You're right. And, they, you know, going off on a tangent a little bit, the Atlanta Braves have some promise. You know about Ozzy Albies. You know about Ronald Acuna Jr. Even Dansby Swanson had all the hype behind him as being a first-round pick that ended up getting traded to them by the Arizona Diamondbacks. But this kid, Christian Pache, was almost the Dodgers' detriment in that series. That kid... Came out of nowhere, no, was on no one's radar, and is now an MLB star. Definitely. He made some great defensive plays. He had some great at-bats. Like, he kind of he did come out of nowhere. My question to you, Christian, though, with the Atlanta Braves, they like a lot of their pitchers were either hurt or opted out of the season. Cole Hamels, like, nobody remembers him on the Braves. He, like, got hurt, like, in his first start of the shortened season. Felix Hernandez, who's on the Atlanta Braves, opted out of the season. If the Braves pitching staff was at 100% and they had all those guys, do you think the Dodgers would have even beaten them? If Felix was on the team, they wouldn't have made the playoffs because they would have lost another six games. <laughs> he definitely has lost his step since yeah. he was with the Seattle yeah. Mariners. King Felix, and you, I mean, you remember the perfect game and, you know, the Kings corner in Seattle. 
it's just not the same anymore. That's one of the guys that I would have liked to have seen Seattle go and re-sign for like a one-year contract to end his career there. Um, I was I was kind of bummed when I saw him go to the to the Braves, and of course we never even saw him in Atlanta uniform after this whole crazy chaos started. So that was kind of a bummer. I, 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 I as a Mike Trout fan, I am a fan of players playing their entire careers for a for a team, especially when it is a a such a success story at the beginning, right? You know, you're gonna have some guys who, oh yeah, of course they weren't, but. Guys like, I mean, I remember Tim Salmon playing every single game for the Angels. But I look over to the Dodgers and I go, okay, who on that Dodgers team? I never want to see Clayton Kershaw pitch for another team. Right? Like That would just be in, insane. Well, that's a, that's one thing I love about this Dodgers team. I, I've been a lifelong Dodger fan. I also like the Angels as well. They're my. It's not possible to like both. Team. It's not possible. Yes, it is. No. Because I'm a Southern California kid. I grew up going to both teams. I'm Dodgers fan number one. 100%, but I also do enjoy going to Angel games, and I do like the Angels. Of course you I'm, do, because you're not getting does. stabbed in the parking lot. Oh, my God. Anyway, what I was saying, though, a lot of these, the, other than Mookie Betts, the Dodgers is homegrown talent. Yep. Like, C- Cody Bellinger has been on the Dodgers his whole career. Corey Seager has been on the Dodgers his whole career. Justin Turner's, like, got his name with the Dodgers. He started in the New York Mets organization, and they let him go, stupidly. Same thing with Max Muncy. He was on the A's organization, and they let him go. So, these guys got their names with the Dodgers. Like John yeah. Peterson's been a Dodger. Oh, almost and an angel. He, I know. The angels really missed out on that one. That was yeah, really stupid. They? That they he batted like trade by. six this year. But other than Mookie, I mean, I think Mookie Betts though is definitely a catalyst why they're even in this position. The amazing home runs that he's robbed in the outfield, the stolen bases. He like robbed Mookie one Betts. home run. He robbed one home run. The other one might've been a double. Calm down. Anyway, they're amazing catches. Like Mookie Betts, like on the bases in the field, he's definitely been the X factor for the Dodgers that they needed this year. So great signing by the Dodgers to lock him up for 12 seasons. But we were talking about, but kudos to the Tampa Bay Rays. Earlier in our earlier episodes, I predicted the New York Yankees and the Dodgers in the World Series. I've been saying that for the last four years because I think what a great clash of titans that would have been. Two big heavy payrolls, two great offenses, two great pitching staffs. But the Tampa Bay Rays did small ball on us. I want to run this by you, Christian. Did you know that Mookie Betts and Clayton Kershaw's combined 2020 salary is about $26 million? Did you know that the 2020 Tampa Bay Rays entire roster is about $28 million? It's Moneyball, man. It's 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 Moneyball at its finest. And, and you know, it's it's been Oakland and Tampa Bay that have really run that route. And give Kevin Cash credit. I, I think Kevin Cash deserves a American League manager of the year nod i think that it's again you're taking not the giant salaries you're taking a guy like g-man Choi, who was a ruled five draft pick by the angels it's just not yet you've got a you've got an older charlie morton you you've got some talent right you've got you've got this you know Blake Snell and Tyler Glass now. But other than that, you don't have those huge names. You find a kid like Randy Arozarena who, like Christian Pache, has come onto the scene completely unseen. No one knew he was coming through. And all of a sudden, this kid's lighting up and setting rookie records in the playoffs. It, give Kevin Cash credit. He's gotten his team where he's gotten them. I don't think they have what it takes to finish this thing off. I don't think they have it, what it takes to even 
tie the series. I would go on record and say they won't even tie the series. And that it, uh, I'd like to see it to go game seven, but I don't think it'd get there. I think, Christian, this series is going to be over before Monday. I think Dodgers win today, and I think they win tomorrow. Because you have Julio Urias pitching today for the Dodgers, who's been awesome, lights out, one of their best pitchers of the postseason. And then you have Clayton Kershaw, which has lately been a wild card, but he pitched great. Hi, hi, um, hey, oh, hey, whoa. What part of I need them to play at least to Monday did you not understand? All right? I don't want to hear that trash. I, I wanted the series to go a little bit longer. Thanks. If anything, <laughs> I'm saving you money, Christian, because we, you and I both know if you go to Las Vegas, you're going to go put a lot of money down on the Tampa Bay Rays to win because the money I, line's going to be good. They're going to be a huge underdog, right. and you're going like to lose money. money so you're like going to save lines. your money. I do like money lines. You're not wrong. <laughs> Seriously, the Rays are – but I'm glad that you mentioned G-Man Choi. Did you know, Christian, that G-Man Choi is the first Korean-born baseball player to ever play in a World Series? Yeah. That, that, That's that, crazy. That was kind of a shock to me. But, I mean, you always hear about the the Japanese players coming over. And the Korean – I don't know. It's, I guess it's not nearly as sufficient. And, you know, so congrats to G-Man, the big man G-Man for doing that. And also – can we talk about the fact that G-Man Choi did the splits the other night? Uh, that was, it, it was a, what? That was the first inning last night. And I was, I almost started crying. Like it looked like it hurt, man. Those first basemen, they're like goalies in, in hockey. Absolutely. Like watching him get that out at first, I was like, man, I don't know that big guy can do the splits Seriously, like that. Seriously, man. And he can move, too. He can move around defensively. He's not the fastest on the base pass, but he can really do a lot. You know, he made that catch and then tag on Bellinger. It, it, that guy can move. Absolutely. So, credit to the Tampa Bay Rays for somehow getting to the World Series and also somehow winning one game um, because I don't think they'll go much farther than that. It hasn't been good. Um, and it's not getting better. I do want to give credit uh, where credit is due. Uh, and this, this stays on our baseball topic. Joe Buck called a game every single day this week. And I think that's pretty cool. He called Sunday night football. He called Monday football because he called that uh, 2 o'clock game thanks to the postponement. Then he called World Series Game 1, World Series, World Series Game 2 on Tuesday, Wednesday. Then he decided to fly over to, what was it, New York to, to or Philadelphia to call the, the uh, Eagles-Giants game on Thursday. Then he flew back last night to call the World Series game in Texas, and he'll be calling World Series Game 4 tonight. That guy, or Game 3 tonight, I'm sorry. No, yeah, it is Game 4. I don't know what I'm thinking. Um... But yeah, give credit to that guy, man. What a schedule. Absolutely. Joe Buck is definitely Fox's golden boy calling the NLCS, the World Series, the Thursday Night Football, the Fox NFL Sundays. Like he's definitely and he's going to the Pro Football Hall of Fame and I think he deserves it. I think is he, is he already in the Baseball Hall of Fame? If not, I'm sure he will I'm be. I'm sure he is. Um, I will say this, a little bit of trash talk. Um I was really hoping that Joe was going to try to do double double duty on Sunday. 
Um, and you know, cause the, the, the game he was calling on Sunday between what was it? The Packers and the Buccaneers that ended about 45 minutes before the world series game started. There's no, you know, what's funny. My wife and I, we were watching the Bucks Packers game. My wife's a big Packer fan. And yeah. I was like, Joe Buck's there. And I was like, why isn't he calling NLS game NLCS game seven? I was like, Oh, he has to be calling it remotely. He has to be calling yeah. it remotely. And I saw that he was there, Troy, and I'm like, oh, so he's not going to do Game 7? Like, well, so, why wouldn't he? And I will say this. I do think the plan was for him to call Game 7 of the NLCS because Joe Davis, who the Dodgers broadcaster that got called in to do it because he's Fox's kind of number two right now, um, I believe that was a last-minute decision. I think he was going to try to call the the NLCS game remotely, and it just didn't happen. I'm not sure if that's true, but it was announced that Joe Davis was calling the game about two hours before the game started. So it wasn't, I don't know if it was planned, but I, I will say this, and here's my trash talking point. Joe Davis is no Joe Buck, and I hate Joe Buck. But Joe Davis is not as great a broadcaster as everybody makes him sound. He is not nearly ever going to be what Vin Scully was. And I'll say this, ready to piss a bunch of people off, Vin Scully wasn't that great. Hell out of here. Like, like get out of here. <laughs> Joe Davis, I think, is good. He's still very young. Yeah. And I just watched an interview with him. He's very classy. He even... He is a classy he guy. He immortalizes um, Joe Buck and Vin Scully. So he's like, I'm honored to be like Joe Buck. I would love to fill his shoes. And I think he's... I watched his games on uh, the Sportsnet with Spectrum for the Dodger games. He does a really good job with Oral Hershiser. I enjoy watching them. I think they're much better than their Angel, Angels announcers. Oh, no no question. I'm not debating that at all. I watch an Angel game and I fall asleep. That's what I did. But, That's what I did. And I will give... Um, I don't know if this person wants to be named for this, so I won't say it. But somebody said if they ever wanted to go to sleep, they turned a Dodger game on. Because Vin Scully's voice was so boring that it would put you to sleep. It's not boring. His voice is soothing. He tells you a story. Yeah, soothing Hi, is how you go to sleep. A pleasant good evening to you, wherever you may be. All right, then. Uh, but, um, is amazing. I cried when he retired. But anyway. Yeah, we're talking we on, We're talking what? broadcasters. We're talking Joe Buck. Something happened Sunday night. Granted. Uh, should, we have, should we save this for football? I don't think so. I think it. I think it gets lumped right, in. It. We're talking about Joe Buck. Um, <laughs> Joe Buck and uh, Troy Aikman were caught uh, chatting about um, about the flyover and what they thought of it and what um, what they thought a certain political ticket would change things. Um, Trash talking whoever released that story it is completely ridiculous. They they came through. They were talking about a conversation the night before that somebody had, and I'm I'm hoping that whoever brought that to light gets punished for it because uh, you're they're trying to get a story out of something that's nothing. I agree. And if you guys don't know the story, basically Joe Buck and Troy are calling the Tampa Bay Buccaneers game in um, in Tampa against the Packers. And they had a hot mic on, and like Christian said, they were talking about the flyover and how silly the flyover was with very little fans there. And they kind of said that the flyover was kind of a waste of money with such little fans in the in the stands. And how it was a waste of taxpayer dollars or something, they said. Yeah. 
but then the, what's funny is that the U.S. Air Force and the Navy came out and released a statement that the flyovers are actually used as training missions, like for up-and-coming pilots. So they don't consider it taxpayer dollars because it's just part of their normal training. That's oh, why see, they some like the rookie novice pilots, which I think is a cool that they responded like, "Hey, like it's not a waste because this is part of their training to do flyovers." Yeah, that's so that's think, pretty cool. But obviously, whoever released that audio of the hot mic, I don't think that was done by accident. I've worked in TV and radio before; like that stuff's not done on accident. Yeah. Well, like and someone and, was trying. I think someone was trying to get them in trouble. Oh, definitely. And um, in a in a quick pivot to our next topic, um, because I only have one thing to talk about the NHL, and it does have to do with broadcasters. Um, before before you before you go, before are we are we leaving baseball? Yes, we're leaving baseball. My my, I just want a huge shout we out. No, you think Turner. the Dodgers will win? <laughs> no, Justin. I want to give a shout out to Justin Turner, Cal State Fullerton graduate. My wife's cousin actually played on the 2004 Cal State Fullerton Championship baseball team with him, and I'm, I'm a huge Justin Turner fan. He tied Duke Snyder's Dodgers postseason record for home runs last night, so he's only one home run away from getting the postseason record in Dodgers history, which in like the 120, 30 years of the Dodgers, I think that's a really impressive record to have out of all the playoffs that the Dodgers have ever been in since back to the Brooklyn day. So huge shout out to Justin Turner for hopefully this postseason breaking Duke Snyder's postseason home run record justin right, turner, justin turner falls in the same category as vin scully as being completely overrated moving on uh to somebody out of here to somebody that wasn't overrated <laughs> uh but is officially hanging up the microphone uh doc emmerich the longtime nbc sports broadcaster has officially decided to call it quits and uh he has called his last Stanley Cup final. He called 22 Stanley Cup finals, Jonathan. And this is a guy that I will I will never forget listening to. He made the games interesting. Uh, but at the same time, he got excited. You could hear his excitement. You know, you got guys like, like Vin Scully who would get excited but tried to tried to toe the line. Of, Doc Emmerich would, would excite but also be very honest, he was a diehard Penguins fan growing up. He grew up in Pittsburgh. One of my favorite nights ever was when he got to call a Pittsburgh Pirates game with Bob Costas on MLB Network. I thought it was super cool that MLB Network had called him in. He's the greatest hockey broadcaster of all time, and there is no second to that. There's no competition. So congrats to Doc on a fabulous career. I will always remember him saying the Anaheim Ducks have won the Stanley Cup. I remember that call too. I was yeah. just really excited as a fellow Ducks fan. That's one mm-hmm. thing you and I do agree on. We're both huge Anaheim Mighty Ducks fans. Yeah, there had to be so one are thing. You tell- <laughs> What's that? There had to be one thing we agreed on. That's true. So are you saying that Doc is the hockey version of Vince Scully? No. Because <laughs> because well, I just wanted you to admit it. Doc's the best. So um the Kudos to Doc, but Ben Scully's the best. Eh, no. But um it, it was it was a very cool video. If you haven't seen it, go to NBC Sports and NHL shared it as well. Or I think it's NHL on NBC's Facebook page or whoever it is. They had a really good video of him announcing his retirement and I started crying. I I mean he's again, he's my favorite hockey broadcaster. He is what I've known as the hockey voice besides Gary Thorne saying on the floor or off the floor on the board, Paul Correa. That was an amazing call as well. NBC should call Gary Thorne. He would quit the Orioles in a heartbeat to go back to hockey. I feel like, but um, yeah, just uh, a big a big kudos to Mr. Doc Emmerich for uh, 
a illustrious career that has now ended. To keep it with hockey, my question to you is, do you have any idea when the NHL season will start? Yes, we do, actually. The NHL has come out and said January 1st they plan on starting an 82-game season. So they are going to try to play a full season. They have some kind of protocol in in place for if players come down with the virus. But it's also after November 3rd, so we'll see if the virus is even still a thing. But <laughs> I'm kidding, everyone. Don't hate me actually hate me i don't care <laughs> we already do we all hate you already but yeah i i'm excited for the nhl to get back up and running i'm so excited to go to honda center whenever it's allowed to if you want me to start trash talking we can start trash talking the rules here in california but um the it, it's just it'll be such a cool moment to go back to the hockey rink and and watch a game listen to Hill, phil hewlett Calling Anaheim Ducks goal. Yeah, I can't wait. I miss sporting events so much so myself. Much. So I, I'm right there with you. Like to not go to this is the first year that I can remember ever that I didn't go to a baseball game. Like I love going to Dodger games. I love going to Angel games. I love going down to San Diego, going to a Padres game. No, this is this I, was definitely the first year of my life I didn't go to a baseball game. Like there was definitely a void there. Like I'm so happy that we have sports. So thank goodness they were able to figure it out and have a season. Yeah. Granted, it was a shortened season for baseball, hockey. Kudos to the NHL for the success of their Stanley Cup playoff bubble. I thought that went really well. NBA, like I said in the last show, NBA guess, did a great job with their bubble. Guess who's collecting money on Monday thanks to that Stanley Cup final? This guy. All right. Anyway. <laughs> kudos to Tampa Bay, though, having Heck the Lightning yeah, in the Stanley Cup finals, having the Tampa Bay Rays. Kudos to, like, they had the Buccaneers are going to be good. Like I said, I, when we go to football, I think Buccaneers will be a playoff team. Well, okay, but, and this – actually brings up another trash talk point um we we will never cover this sport because i think it's the stupidest sport in the world um but soccer is a thing and um the it's the most popular sport in yeah, the world Christian. yeah well it's dumb i'm sorry i don't care go um, la galaxy no well on the mls topic uh orlando city is also in the playoffs so give it up for the state of florida man not only did did the Tampa Bay Rays make it to the playoffs? The Miami Marlins made it to the playoffs as well. Their soccer team's there. Their hockey team won the cup. Their baseball team could win the World Series up in Tampa Bay. I don't think it'll happen, but it could. And again, Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers could win everything in February as well. It, that's a that's a good time to be a Florida sports fan. And I never say that. So it's a good year, man. 2020, anything can happen, clearly, because Florida's succeeding in sports. Miami Heat? I forgot about the Miami <laughs> Heat. They made it to the finals. I mean, come on. But I think that's a good transition over to the NBA. We have Heck some yeah. NBA news. Um, did you hear that Stan Van Gundy, who was calling all the NBA bubble playoff games, has agreed to become the new head coach of the New Orleans Pelicans? Yeah, I thought that was a little bit interesting. I was like, wait, wasn't he the, wasn't, wasn't he the broadcast guy? Um, but, um, of course, he, he's coached before, uh, and I think I think a – coaching decision isn't what needs to change in new orleans i think they need to build more um zion's great but that's all they got because ball ain't nothing so i don't know i don't i don't know if the coaching change is what was needed but i think stan van gundy could be a positive force for them I agree, and his brother Jeff Van Gundy, I heard, is rumored to be interviewing for the Houston Rockets head coaching position as well. Why wouldn't that be interesting? 
I'm really surprised that Mike D'Antoni hasn't gotten a job unless he's retiring. Like I could have swore like he would have gone after the Clipper job or he would have gone after the Sixers job. The only but reason the only reason he has a chance is because of the team that was he was coaching. It's not it's he's true. not that great of a coach. And we also have another team that was in the NBA Walt Disney World playoff bubble is the Indiana Pacers have agreed to a deal to hire the Toronto Raptors assistant Nate I can't even say his last name, Bjorgren, as the, the new head coach. So the Pacers have a new head coach. Well, and and it's, I don't it's know that if, time of year, that? right? It's that, it's that. all right, we get we need to solve I mean, granted, it's usually not this time of year. Usually we probably already have games playing. But um, it, it is that time of, okay, these teams need to figure out which direction they're going in, and they need the captain to do so. Absolutely. And the Indiana Pacers, like, they've gotten to the playoffs, like, every single year with Nate McMillan. And they got, but they always get bounced in the first round, so they have to figure yeah. out something. I th- I think Victor Oladipo wants to opt out of his contract with the Pacers, so we'll see what happens with the Indiana Pacers. Also, Amari Stoudemire is joining Steve Nash's coaching staff for the, with the Brooklyn Nets as an assistant coach. So you have there a little Phoenix Suns reunion yeah. there. Well, and uh, and again, I think Steve Nash deserved that job. Stephen A. Smith can, you know, scream all he wants, but I, I'm I'm excited to see that team play. Of course, I don't want them to beat the Lakers or the Clippers. To be honest, I, I would, I would classify classify myself as a Lakers fan, but I would love to see the Clippers succeed. I would love to see the Clippers finally get a banner and and have just as many as Taylor Swift does at Staples Center. Um, so you know, wow, yeah, what, no. does she have two banners, one banner. No, she's got one. Shows at Staples. She's got the one banner for the most uh, sold out shows at Staples Center, and. Yeah, the Sparks have banners up there, which, I mean, it's it's a bummer that the Clippers don't have anything up. Shout out to the Seattle Storm for winning the WNBA yeah. championship. Kudos to the Seattle doesn't have many sports teams to cheer for. Like, the Seahawks are obviously not yet. unbelievable. The Kraken are coming, baby. So I thought the Kraken were coming next season, but they're not coming until 2022? Yes. Yeah, it was that supposed killed, to be the. I was so excited to have a Seattle team next year, and they're like, "Oh, not till 2022." I was like, "Oh man!" Well, it was supposed to be the 2021 to 2022 season, so not this season that should have been starting right now, um, but the next one. So you'll you will see them in 2021, but not quite. Whenever the, whenever that season starts. Yeah. But speaking of season starting, the NBA. There's, they're throwing around a few dates around because I'm curious when because normally the NBA season is rocking and rolling yep. as of right now, but obviously we just had the championship. You got to give the guys some time off. So the NBA is throwing around either a Christmas Day start. I also heard January 1st start as well. I've also heard a Martin Luther King Day start uh, January 18th. So they're throwing around certain dates. When do you think the NBA should or will restart, Christian? Who cares? The NBA is overrated. Give me college basketball. Oh my God. I said it. I said it. College basketball is so much more exciting than the NBA. It's different, man. It's different. I love the only time I watch college basketball is the March Madness tournament. It's oh, the yeah. only, it's the only I time hated it that I didn't have it this year. That, and I did call, and I can say this I announced uh, the UC Irvine Anteaters one year, and then they went to the tournament that year. So I was, I was pretty excited that I could say I actually. Uh, announced a team. Yeah, it was I was literally the the guy that they called because their their guy wasn't wasn't able to come in that day. But you know, so zot 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 go ant eaters. Um, but well, if we're gonna throw our resumes around. I did help <laughs> broadcast the Cal State Fullerton basketball team when we went to the tournament yeah, when I was in go. college. Oh, so a hundred years ago, huh? Anyway, uh, <laughs> hey, <laughs> but go Titans. Uh, but uh, but yeah. So I I I, I think. 
and and I will say this, and I might get some flack for this. I don't think they needed a break. I, I don't think that any of these teams that were amped up already needed a break. I would say give them a month and then get things started. I want to be back on a normal schedule. And so I would say start as early as you can. If you could start in December, do it. If, if it's if it's the end of December, you know, if it's Christmas time, sure, do it. Don't push it off till mid-January because, again, you're just pushing that schedule back even further for the next season. It's definitely true. And I'm wondering now with, like, them pushing everything back, like, who, like hopefully baseball, since it's wrapping up at its normal time, hopefully baseball can start at its usual time next year. Hopefully that the virus has gone and gone away and we go somewhat back to normal. But pushing all these sports leagues, NHL, NBA, like, the NFL seems to be on – like, the NFL is the only one that's, like, on its normal schedule yeah. right now. So we'll see how that goes. But hopefully this doesn't create, like, a domino effect where it just – pushes back seasons and seasons like years down the road well and that's the thing and i will say this it it is exciting to have been able to watch baseball basketball and football all on the same day right even hockey when it was going if you're a soccer fan you could watch the mls going on at the same time but it's gonna suck when there's nothing there there is never a time of year where there's no sports but we might get that as a regular thing, if this schedule keeps pushing that way. So that needs to end that the only real time there is no, like, I don't know, no sports in my mind is between the Super Bowl and the opening day of baseball. But of course, hockey and basketball are going on at that time. So there's never a time where there is nothing. They always overlap, but that could change with this whole scheduling thing. I, I need to, And I said this during the coronavirus in the real big outbreak when nothing was being played. I need something to watch that night. I need something to look forward to in the paper the next morning. Besides all the bad news, I need to be able to see how bad the Angels are doing. So I I really need that. So I'm hoping we don't see a situation like that ever again when there's no sports being played. Absolutely. You and I and along with other most people I during the closure of everything like I was having a hard time with no sports because yeah. we've had sports our whole lives in the back that they were just ripped away you kind of you don't know what you have until it's gone like having no sports to watch was real killer real killer yeah so I'm so happy and blessed and thankful that we do have sports back sports are a pleasant distraction that's why we are even doing the show if it wasn't mm-hmm. for sports coming back we wouldn't even have this podcast it's true so we're lucky to even be doing it and the fact that I think so many were going on at the same time. You and I were like, dude, we got to start a podcast Yeah, because there's so many sports and news stories going on and we have to get on this. Yeah, man. And you and I both have faces for radio. So yeah, I think it's awesome. Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, it's true. Nobody wants to see our ugly. I mind. know it's true, but it still hurts. So my quick question to you before we transition over to football, I was looking at NBA.com right now while we're still on basketball. So NBA 2K21, uh, LeBron is the number one rated player in the game. Do you agree? Or He's disagree? the greatest player that's ever played the game. So, yeah, he should be. All right. Like, not Anthony Davis, not Jimmy Butler, James No, he's Harden. better. Jimmy Butler doesn't belong in the 90s. Jimmy Butler got the Miami Heat to the NBA Finals. So, Jimmy Buckets. All right, are we ready to transition over to football now? Yeah, let's do it, man. We let's have all we have to. So, so the first half of the show we knocked out three sports. Now the second half of the show we're doing all football, baby. Well, we got a lot to talk about. There is a lot to talk about, and uh, 
and I des- I think at this point it deserves that conversation. And so, yeah, let's officially go over to football. Jonathan rushing a big week six. And I will, we have to go back and officially trash talk it even before the fact that the Eagles got a win on Thursday. Um, it was a very ugly win. It was, it was an ugly win. Uh, the... That division is so bad. How bad are they? They had five so, wins in six weeks of play, Jonathan. Absolutely. And it's it's so mind-boggling how bad the NFC East is. I don't think I've ever seen a football division this bad. I mean, you have the Dallas Cowboys, who are 2-4. Two, two and four. You have the Philadelphia Eagles, who are now 2-4-1. and one. The Washington football team is 1-5. The New York Giants are 1-5. Christian, the NFC East, like you just said up to week six has a collective record of five, 18, or excuse me, six, 18 and one. And that was after Thursday night football this week. One of these teams is going to the playoffs. Not only I think it's that, going to be the Cowboys or the Eagles. I think it's going to be the Eagles in my opinion, just Jonathan, because since Dak's gone now, but. not only that Eric, Eric Pesolano, our good buddy mentioned to me the other day, not only is one of these teams going to go to the playoffs, they're going to host a playoff game. I think it's going to be the Eagles. It's ridiculous. The, the division is so terrible. It's ridiculous. But, well, another reason why, like, these teams are so bad. I mean, the Giants lost Saquon Barkley for the year. The Eagles, like, just lost their whole swagger. They have injuries left and right. They can't figure it out. The Cowboys lost Dak Prescott, like, one of their best players. Yeah. And the Washington football team literally lost their logo and their identity. <laughs> they don't even know what they are right now. And they yep. may even keep the Washington football team name I heard I this week. I hate that, by the way. And I was like, come on, you can't come up with a logo. That's really the best you can do. How lazy are you, Dan Snyder, to keep the Washington football team? as like? It's one thing if you're a soccer team like the Liverpool Football Club or Orlando FC or whatever, like or LAFC. Like, that's, like a, that's a soccer thing. Yeah. But like NFL, come on, every team has a name or a logo. You're just going to keep it. There's so many cool nicknames they could have done, like the Red Tails, Tuskegee Airmen. They could have like literally done anything. Yeah. The By Warriors the way- even – since we're talking about this division, do you remember last week when I said that the Eagles were going to beat the Ravens and you poo-pooed it? You said that it was ridiculous to even claim that. They almost won that game. Almost only works in horseshoes and hand grenades. All right, you're not wrong. But but I will say this. The Eagles, Eagles proved that they could play the Ravens. They're not awful. But then they played New York and it was... Oh, it was so bad. Like, did you see that Daniel Jones run that eighty-yard? Like, they said, yeah, like, it was like the yes. first eighty-yard run that didn't score since like the seventies. Yep, by a quarterback. Yep, they clocked Daniel Jones running that huge play at like twenty-one point two miles an hour, which yeah. is point one mile an hour faster than Lamar Jackson's fastest yep. run this this year, which is crazy. Yeah, man. Let's see what 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 were some of the other games last week that we were that I was close on. Um, we but both before, had the before Vikings. Before we move on, though, like when he fell, did you see him fall? He didn't even oh, get yeah. touched. It's like a little kid running downhill yep. and doesn't realize how fast they're going, and they just trip over their own feet. I thought that was the funniest so thing. So bad, so bad. Uh, we both had the Vikings beating the Falcons. That didn't go over well. Boy, we were dead wrong. Like no the Vikings kidding. are bad. Good on the good on the Falcons for getting another W though. Good for them. Um, I they just did had to fire their coach and their GM to do it. Yeah, I did predict that the Cleveland Browns were going to figure things out against the Steelers, and um, 
contrary to what I thought, the Cleveland Browns didn't even show up. So that was fun. <laughs> Baker Mayfield had more commercials than passing yards. <laughs> That's a good one. Um, the Colts beat the Bengals by uh, by four points. That was a pretty good game over there. And the Bengals blew a lead. Like the Bengals, I think, had like a two, three touchdown lead at mm-hmm. one point, And then Philip Rivers figured it out. He proved me wrong. The Battle of the Cats, Lions and Jags. And uh, I was like, oh, yeah, Jacksonville might be able to pull it out. Well, I was wrong. <laughs> so you got to listen to me. Oh, okay. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, the, <laughs> you know where I'm going with this. Uh, Bears and the Panthers. Uh, Bears, I think we both predict, predicted the Bears to win that game, if I remember. I predicted correctly. the Panthers just because oh, I wanted good. to have some controversy. I I'm predicted glad. the Panthers and I was wrong. I admit I'm when I'm glad. wrong. Um, uh, battle of the worst, the New York giants and the Washington football team, another close game. Well, we knew it was going to be close cause they're two bad teams. Yeah. But I, I love one point finishes in football. That's, that's exciting stuff. Uh, Broncos beat the Patriots. My father-in-law is a huge Patriot fan and watching the game with him was very like frustrating. The Broncos, Brandon McManus, their kicker scored every single point in that game. He had like six, he had 18 points, all field goals, all field goals. How do you go into New England and defeat Bill Belichick and the Patriots and you only kick field goals, you don't even score a freaking touchdown? Yep. <laughs> is that just bad on Bill Belichick or good on Vic Fangio and the Denver Broncos? Maybe a little bit of both. Uh, <laughs> I did ask you, I said, when we talked about the Dolphins and the Jets, I said, is it going to be a 30-point game, and you were like, no, it won't be a 30-point game. It almost was 24 to nothing. The Jets... So I was, But I was right. You were right, but the Jets embarrassed themselves even more than they already have in the past. Um, I'm glad you brought up that game because how about we have a quarterback change in Miami Dolphins. They are going to Tua Tungavailoa and benching Ryan Fitzpatrick, which I'm really shocked by this move because Fitzpatrick has been playing very, very well. They actually look really good. Like, I'm really surprised that they're doing this. What are your thoughts Boy, on the, the, Tua the, getting the nod? The tweets coming out of Ryan Fitzpatrick this week were the most depressing thing, man. That was that was brutal to read. Um, I, I like it and I don't like it. I, I agree. Ryan Fitzpatrick's had a great year so far. But I also like the, the Dolphins are pushing for their future. Do I think this was the time? They're 3-3. Three and three. I, don't, I don't think it was necessarily a... Boy, we're awful. We need to figure things out. I, I think they've, I don't know, I I don't know. I think Tua Tungalo to to oh boy, I can't pronounce that. Tua Tungavailoa or something like that. Um, I think it was cool that he got his NFL debut. You know, he went back to the 15 yard line, sat on it, and and I guess Facetimed his parents or something like that. That's really cool. I I think it was a very big shock that he has now been named the starter. I like Fitzpatrick. I felt like if the season was already over with, like say they were 0 and 5, 0 and 6 at this point, like, okay, make the switch, like let him get some playing time, figure it out. But the fact that the Dolphins, Ryan Fitzpatrick has been playing very well through six games, Christian, he has 1,535 passing yards. Ryan Fitzpatrick has 12 touchdowns. Yeah. That's almost two touchdowns a game. And the Dolphins are in second place with the Patriots losing. They're in second place in the AFC East behind the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. They can make the playoffs. They, they could make the playoffs. I'm all for I'm, – I'm, you and I are both gamblers. You you stay with the hot hand. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I don't think you make the switch when you're 3-3. Three and three. If you were, if you were what, 1-5? and five? Yeah, okay, it might be time Absolutely. to make, make the, that make call. Absolutely, make the switch. But I don't know. You're, and again, like you said, you're still in a playoff spot. I, I don't know if completely changing the system 
uh, is the right way to go about that. Um, a system that might need to be changed, especially come playoff time, the Green Bay Packers looked awful. Well, hang on, hang on. Before we go to the Packers, I just want to say, because now, because I coached high school football, I played high school football, once you make a quarterback change like that, you can't go back. Like, say Tua goes in there oh, and yeah, throws you can't like go six back. interceptions. You can't go back. You can't now put in Fitzpatrick and name him the starter now yeah. because he's lost all of his confidence. Yeah, I agree. So this will be – we're going to see what the Dolphins do. Let's see if it's a smart move by Brian Flores or a bad move. Right now, I think it's a risky move. I think Tua is really good. I think he's definitely in the future. But I think Fitzpatrick got you there so far. Yeah. It was one thing if he got hurt. But anyway, go ahead. You were talking about the Packers. Oh, yeah, they look terrible. They look terrible. Like, they had one bad game. They had one bad game against a really good Tampa Bay team. I think Tampa's starting to figure it out. Tampa Bay's not really that good. good. They're, they're four and two. They're going to be a playoff team. Like I said they're in the beginning overrated. of our show, like they're, they're going to be a playoff team. The Bucks are a good team. The Packers are like they're not unbeatable. Obviously, the Niners killed them in the NFC Championship last year. The Packers are four and one. Bucks are now four and two. And the Bucks needed to win that game a lot more than the Packers did. That's true. They did. Um, in another game, that. You told me there's no way the Rams lose to the Niners. They're so bad. I said, look, oh the Rams God. have only I'm so, lost. I'm so the happy Rams I had baseball have... to watch that night because the Rams looked absolutely awful. The Rams I'm so happy were... I was watching baseball. <laughs> they had only beaten the NFC East, and we were pr- we got proved this week that they're not as good as everyone thinks they are. And the Niners, I mean, it wasn't a route. But, boy, it was an ugly game. Like you said, we had baseball to watch, so we weren't really focused on the game. But, boy, that was ugly. It was ugly. And I think the Niners are trying to, like, prove – because now everyone's discounted the Niners. Like, okay, your Niners aren't going to be the repeating NFC champs anymore. I think the Niners had a chip on their shoulder in that game. George Kittle came back. He was probably the best tight end in football next to Travis Kelsey. And the Niners do have a tough matchup this week with the Patriots, but we'll go to those soon. But we were talking about the Buccaneers. Antonio Brown, as of yesterday, signed a one-year contract with the Tampa Buccaneers. I thought he was going to the Seahawks all week on Sports Center. They were like, oh, he's going to go to the Seahawks. Imagine Antonio Brown with the Seahawks, how good the Seahawks are going to be. And then Tom Brady pulls a rabbit out of his hat and lures Antonio Brown to Tampa Bay. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Christian, now have Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, Rob Gronkowski. Wow. Your thoughts? Just proves that you can rape someone and then get an NFL spot. I, I don't know. I, I don't like... I don't like Antonio Brown, not only because he completely screwed over my fantasy team, but and I dropped him two weeks ago just for him to sign a contract all of a sudden. Uh, I hated that. Um, but the I, I don't know. I think I think the NFL has a long history of not accurately disciplining people for things that happen off the field. I don't know. I, I'm not a huge fan of his. I think he screwed over Pittsburgh. Um, and then obviously the off field stuff has been brutal, but I, I, if you don't show up for a game, I got a problem with it. That, uh, and that, you know, that's what happened in Pittsburgh. He just didn't show up and I had a problem with that. A big problem with I'm that. So I'm on the fence about this topic. Like I'm all for second chances for people who've screwed up in the past. Like the Michael Vick story. I thought How that many was second like, chances do you Michael, get? <laughs> Michael Vick, he, he, he went to prison, did his time. And I liked that he came back and had a flourishing career and he admitted, Hey, what I did was wrong. Yeah. And I'd like another chance. I love those kind of stories, redemption stories. But like the Antonio Brown thing, it's like, have you really, were you really that punished? The fact that you kind of screwed the Raiders yeah. like that, like you didn't even play a game with them. And then you somehow get magically traded to the temp, to the, almost the Tampa Buccaneers, uh, the 
New England Patriots with Tom Brady, and that's where him and Tom Brady build the mm-hmm. He's lucky he has Tom Brady as a friend. Yeah. Like, he's lucky. Because definitely with football, I mean, I coached and I played football, and like I've been a football fan my whole life. Talent always outweighs off-field distractions, if you haven't noticed. Yeah. Like, they, they'll, they'll always find a way, well, he's a really good player. Sorry, we got to play him. Yeah. You got Adrian Peterson and plenty of other football players that have that uh Kareem Hunt is now on the Cleveland Browns yeah after he after his incident in front of the elevator there mm-hmm. yeah it's... like I remember that and like I, I was thinking to myself this guy's never going to play football ever again and here he's playing for the Cleveland Browns yeah well that's I don't know if that counts as playing football but I <laughs> anyway <laughs> the factory of sadness yeah um but uh, yeah you know it's it's an interesting signing i like you thought he was going to seattle i liked what russell wilson came out and said and said that i think he could learn some stuff here that was that was russell wilson kind of saying you know he could he could have his ego in check and and learn some stuff here but uh instead he goes to the the fancy team that's got all the old farts on it um and (laughs) But I think Tom Brady, I mean, Tom Brady's a smart guy. Hopefully Tom Brady controls his ego too. Yeah. And with football, it's all about culture. Like Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson have a culture now in Seattle. Hopefully Bruce Arians and Tom Brady now have a culture in Tampa Bay that they didn't have for a long time. So hopefully I'm proven wrong. Hopefully Antonio Brown does do well. And hopefully he kind of gets his act together. Yeah. Because you need to read a redemption story. Because if, if Antonio Brown screws up one more time, he ain't ever coming back in the NFL ever again. Well, I said that last time. And yet here we are. Um, couple other games before we move on <laughs> i was gonna say before we move on before we move on because we're, we're still talking about, about the buccaneers so last week we were talking about the packers and the buccaneers playing tom brady shook hands after the game with john runyon jr who is now a, a offensive lineman for the green bay packers i don't know if you remember john runyon was an all-time left tackle for the philadelphia eagles and he played with tom brady at michigan so here tom brady's 43 years old met a dude's son and played against him he went to college with 20 years, 20 years ago, he went to college with John Runyon jr's dad and played with him at Michigan. And John Runyon's now retired out of the NFL. He's going to be in the hall of fame for the Philadelphia Eagles. And here Tom Brady got to play against his John Runyon's son. That's just crazy. Sorry. Yeah, I, I, I thought it was a pretty there. cool story. I thought, I thought that that was a, that was a very, you know, it's one of those oddball stories that, Oh yeah. I remember when I played with your old man. Like I love that kind and of here thing. I'm, I'm still playing. Yeah. Anyway, what were you going to say before I interrupted you again? Um, just that on Monday we got one good game and one awful game. Uh, and and unfortunately, it wasn't in the right order. Uh, I would much rather start my day off with an awful game and then be rewarded with a fantastic ending. That is not what we got. The Chiefs and Bills were a, was a great game to watch. Mistakes on both sides. Good things on both sides. And I, again, I think the Bills, I never had the Bills as being a good team this year. For some reason, I, know I have been proved wrong. They've been there. And then the Cardinals slapped the crap out of the Cowboys. And shame on the Cowboys for dedicating the rest of their season to Dak Prescott and then coming out and basically lying down and getting beaten by Arizona. And here I was dead wrong last week. I picked the Cowboys. I figured you Andy did. Dalton would figure yeah. it out. And you I'm also like, picked okay, the Bills Cowboys to beat the home. Chiefs. I did pick the Bills. I, my, my Monday night was way off, but... The Cowboys, man, they look terrible. I mean, terrible. it was it was embarrassing. Ezekiel Elliott fumbles on two consecutive touches. It, it was it was ugly. I'm glad you mentioned Ezekiel Elliott because in my Yahoo fantasy league that I'm in, 
I was like destined to lose. I'm like, oh crap, they have Ezekiel Elliott still to play. I was winning by like six points. So I'm like, okay, Ezekiel gets seven points, I lose. So and he's going to get that. I ended up winning. Ezekiel yeah. Elliott only had like three or four points. And I was like, yes, I can't believe I'm gonna win on a fluke that Ezekiel Elliott like had a no show game. Yeah. It was it was it was fun watching that game with my brother. Um my brother somebody on the Cowboys was on his team or somebody on the Cardinals was on his team. And the other guy that he was playing this week was on the opposite team. And so he was literally like, he had his phone out. He was looking and he was like, I need this person to do that. It was hilarious. He won by like two points. So he was, oh, I, w- I was the same way. And I yeah. also, I also forgot. I also had the guy I was playing against had Deandre Hopkins. Yeah. Had Deandre Hopkins. That's and, who, that's who and, and, and Zeke. And I was only winning by like seven. I'm like, okay, between these two guys, I'm going to lose. Yeah. And neither one of them performed. And I was like, ah, I can't believe I won. Yeah. I definitely deserved to lose and I'm surprised I won. So I, I, I escaped that victory. And yeah. Sure it was, brother did too. it was, it was an interesting week six, uh, some embarrassment that we saw, but also some good games. Um, and even if the good games were between bad teams, sometimes, um, even, you know, the only the only thing worse than watching bad sports is watching your favorite team play bad sports. So, I, I say Absolutely. that about say that about the Angels all the time. Uh, the only thing worse than watching bad baseball is watching the Angels play bad baseball. Well, luckily, um, you only had to watch them play bad baseball for sixty games, not one hundred sixty-two. It's true. Uh, but you know, if I'm a Jets fan, do I even do I even turn on the TV? I'm still surprised Adam Gase has a job here. I thought for this show, I was going to be talking about who's going to be the new New York Jets head coach. And here Adam Gase still somehow magically has a job. We just give away our best player, Le'Veon Bell to the Kansas City Chiefs. And we, he still has a job. So I can't believe it. I heard a hot take on this and I think it might be the thing. They're not going to fire him because the players don't want to play for him and they want a draft pick. So if they go and hire somebody else, if he finally fire this guy that all the players hate, then they might actually try to play for something. The Jets don't want That's that. That's actually really funny. That's the Jets really don't funny want that. Here. They're gonna they're gonna keep the players pissed off. They're gonna keep him till the end of the season. He Here's will be take. fired on Black Monday. <laughs> Here's a hot take. So the Jets play the Buffalo Bills. We'll get into our picks here in a second. The New York Jets are playing the Bills at home. If the Bills absolutely destroy them, he should be fired like the following day. If he keeps it a close game, I think he'll keep his job. He won't keep it a close game. That okay. <laughs> Spoiler alert for my pick in a couple minutes. He's so not going to. Why keep don't we? Why don't we jump into our picks then? Let's, Let's jump do into it. Our picks. Are you ready? I All am right. ready. I am going so, to pick the Eagles last night, or not oh, last night, okay. but Thursday night. <laughs> I will also pick the Eagles. So you and I both got a video <laughs> yes. victory there. Eagles at home on a short week Sweet. against the bad New York Giants. I just can't believe Daniel Jones has the most rushing yards on that team. <laughs> yeah, that is absolutely crazy. So this matchup really intrigues me. We have the battle of undefeated teams, Christian. You have yes. the Pittsburgh Steelers, who are 5-0, and going into Nashville, Tennessee, to play the Tennessee Titans, who are 5-0 and as well. Who wins that game? The Steelers win that game. The Steel Curtain comes down and destroys the Titans. The thing with the Titans is their defense is not very good at all. Yeah. Like, a, t- a team who's 5-0, and like I've watched a lot of the Titans games, I picked them up for one week on fantasy. Their their defense is awful, and they yeah. had a really good defense last year. Their offense is awesome. Ryan Tannehill's having a great year. Derrick Henry's having a great year. I think I'll take the Steelers as well, just because I think the Steelers' defense has it figured out. There you go, Scott, I, Scott Leslie. We're both I, picking your team. I think Mike Tomlin, 
I want the Titans to win because I think it's a cool story. How Ryan Tannehill has a redemption story. Ben Roethlisberger already has two Super Bowls. Mike Tomlin has two Super Bowls. And I like to. I want the Titans to win, but I think the Steelers will figure it out just because they're better coached and they have a better defense. Yeah. All right, our next team. We have a clash of Titans in the NFC East here. We have the Dallas Cowboys going to FedEx Field to face the Washington football team, who is one and five, and the Cowboys are two and four. Christian, who wins? Washington, because I can't wait to watch another Stephen A. Smith video. His video this week was great when they lost to the Cardinals, and I love it every single week. It's my favorite. It's my highlight of the football week. So uh, Cowboys are going to lose again. How about them, Cowboys? I love Stephen A. Smith's hatred of the Cowboys. So I think good. it's like one of the funniest things on ESPN. I love it. Yep. But I I really want to pick the Cowboys. Every time I pick them, they let me down. And I'm going to have to go Washington football team. Yes. Ron Rivera is a good story. He's having his apparently his last cancer treatment this week. So yeah. Washington football team wins a close game. I think Dallas will show up this time. I, I think Washington don't. wins a close game don't. at home. That's the best part of Stephen A. Smith is when they get blown out. I hope they don't show up. Anyway, go ahead. all right so we were just talking about it a second ago you have the buffalo bills traveling from upstate to the city to east rutherford new jersey to play the new york jets who are owen six i don't think this is a a reach but who wins christian i'm going the jets i'm kidding of course i'm not the bills are gonna be they're gonna i want to see the money line on that game on the jets (laughs) you know i'm you know i'd be interested on it but (laughs) yeah i said i was like what if I just put 10 bucks on the Jets and became a millionaire. Like because they're so bad, everyone's betting against them. Uh, I don't know. Uh, they're so bad. Bills win that game, it's not even close. I think the Buffalo Bills also win. I think it will also be a blowout. Buffalo Bills win against the Jets. All right. We move over to the NFC South. We have the Carolina Panthers who are 3 and 3 going to the Mercedes-Benz Superdome in New Orleans to play the Saints who are 3 and 2. Before you pick your pick, Christian, I just got an update on my fantasy thing that Michael Thomas is ruled out for the Ooh. Saints. Again, of course, I am on my fantasy team, and he hasn't played a game <laughs> yeah. at all. Maybe one game, but still. Who do you like, Panthers or Saints? The Saints are going to come marching in and win. Although, I, you know, injuries are a thing. You know, COVID-19 is a thing with that organization, apparently. But... I'm I'm keeping the Saints. I think they're going to win. I like the Saints at home in the dome. I'm in the dome, the I've been well. in that dome. It's a it's a it's a very nice dome. So yeah, Kelly and I we went with some friends. We went to the Sugar Bowl before Ooh, COVID happened. Nice. We got to see the Georgia Bulldogs play the Baylor Bears, and yeah, I got tickets for like fifteen bucks up in the nosebleeds. Nice, and I was like, oh, this that was a lot of fun going to the Superdome. I really I said, enjoyed that. I said field level, but it was not for a football game. We had some special events going on down there in New Orleans at the time, and the uh, Superdome was the host of it. So that is the only reason I've been there. It was not for a football game. <laughs> so our, our next game, Mr. Christian. Yes. We have the Green Bay Packers, who are 4-1, and one, going to Houston, Texas, to play the 1-5 and five Houston Texans, led by Romeo Cronell now. Christian, who wins? Boy, what a great week for the Packers to have a shoe in after getting destroyed last week by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers they're going to they're going to be able to not only win but figure things out they're going to be able to try to run some different plays try to try to work out the kinks and try to 
figure out what happened last week um, that made their offense so terrible. So I'm, I'm going to go with the Green Bay Packers again. Houston's defense is awful, so I think it'll be a shootout. I think it'll be like a 42 to 28 game. Mm-hmm. I think I think the Packers on the road scoring a lot of points. All right, cool. There you go. We are not picking very many opposites here today, my friend. This week, we may pick opposites on this one. We have the Battle of Ohio. We have an AFC North matchup. The 4 and 2 Cleveland Browns venture to Cincinnati to play Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals who are 1-4 and 1. Christian, who wins this game? The Bengals do. Damn it! Looks like you and I do have the same picks for this week. Ah, there it is. But yeah, I I think that I, I don't know. I just I got I got that feeling in my bad knee that the Bengals are going to win this one. I have a feeling too, just because the Browns looked so bad. They By the way, so bad. Completely random insert here. Is it bad that I'm rooting for one of the teams to have a COVID breakout and get postponed to Monday, so I have more games to bet on? When I go that to is Vegas. really, really sad. You don't want anyone getting COVID. <laughs> I know what, I do not want anyone what the hell's the matter COVID, with you? But I want there to be some reason why a game needs to be delayed. And that they don't have to get COVID. Have them wish for like a plane, their flight to get delayed. Yeah, see, they're okay, all right. to be canceled. There you, go, there you go. Don't wish COVID on anybody. That's awful. <laughs> you're right. That's you're awful. right. I apologize. It's not, it's not, it was not classy of me. I don't know. <laughs> all <laughs> anyway. right. So we're both taking the Bengals to beat the Browns yep. at home. All right. I think it'll be a shootout. I think it'll be a close game. I think the Bengals make a field goal as time expires to win. All right, next game. Cloud under underachieving teams. You have the two and three Detroit Lions venturing over to Atlanta to the one and five Atlanta Falcons. Christian, who wins that game? Falcons. I'm taking the Lions. Of course I think you Matt are. Stafford, they're they're figuring it out. Nope. I, I like the Lions better than I like the Falcons here, so uh-huh. I'm taking my, our good friend Dan Carnahan's beloved Detroit Rock City. Lions. Actually, I'll take I'll take this in true Atlanta form. They're going to have a 30 point lead with two minutes to go, and they will blow it. So they will hit the two minute warning up by 30, and they'll still lose. No, I'm I'm taking the Falcons I, this week. I like them. We'll see. I was actually really upset that they moved this game from the Sunday night football lineup to an afternoon game. I was actually really excited for this primetime matchup. We have the Pirate Battle of the Pirates, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers firing the cannons against the Las Vegas Raiders. The Bucks are four and two. The Raiders are three and two. I actually really wanted this primetime game in that beautiful Death Star Stadium in Vegas. I don't know why they switched it to give us the Cardinals and Seahawks. I was I hoping they were going to push it to Monday. Can you imagine me being in Vegas for that? John oh Gruden gosh. against his former team. Like that's a great story. Like I don't know why they moved that game, but. Go ahead. Who, who wins the game? Bucks and Raiders. Raiders win the game. Um, I, I think they. I think they pull off the upset, as it were. I'm taking Tampa Bay. I'm taking Tom Brady. With now, Antonio Brown will be eligible to play Week Nine, so Antonio Brown will not be here for that game. But I think the Bucks. They kind of figured it out against the Packers. I think the Bucks have more weapons than the Raiders. I think the Bucks defense is better than the Raiders. I like Tampa Bay on the. All right, our next matchup, another battle of underachieving teams. You have the 1-5 Jacksonville Jaguars traveling to beautiful Inglewood, California at SoFi Stadium to play the Los Angeles Chargers of San Diego. Who wins this game? The L.A. Chargers win this game. See, I didn't call them San Diego, everybody. I'm learning. The Los Angeles Chargers win this game against the Jaguars. Although this is, by the way... This is the first time that SoFi will be hosting two games in one weekend. Really? Yeah. Oh, because the Rams have the Monday night game, Because the Rams right? have the Monday night game. 
that's crazy. Mm-hmm. So I'm taking the Chargers to win, even though they always somehow magically let us down. Like every time I pick the Chargers, they're like, man, like Justin Herbert's now the starting quarterback. <laughs> Will they finally figure things out? So we actually have a fan question um, since we're talking about the Chargers. What have have you been to Qualcomm Stadium, Christian, where the Chargers used to play in San Diego? Uh, actually, I believe I did once, and it was for a baseball game. So that's how long oh. ago it was. Because basically, we had a friend, our good friend of the show, Mike Nada, said that what is our favorite memory of Qualcomm Stadium? Because there's rumors that they're going to be tearing it down. Oh, it's not rumors. They've already signed the check. They're going to be tearing it down. <laughs> My question is, where's San Diego State football going to play then? They're building a new stadium. Oh, good for them. Good yeah. for San Diego State, the, the Aztecs there. But yeah, they're actually uncle... building they're building a new stadium in the parking lot of Qualcomm and then turning Qualcomm into the parking lot. If I Well that stadium had it, that stadium is a dump if you guys have been there. My uncle I grew up, my uncle had was my, my uncle lived in Tema, lives in Temecula. He, I grew up he had Chargers season tickets when they were in San Diego. So like it, probably two, three games a season I'd go to a game. I've seen Doug Flutie play, I've seen Drew Brees play when he was on the Chargers, I've seen Philip Rivers. And I have a lot of fond memories of going to games and watching the Chargers lose a lot, sadly. My good friend, Sean Merriman, I got to watch him play when he was on the Chargers back when they had those really good teams in the mid-2000s. I have a lot of fond memories there. I went to a playoff game there. It was Chargers against the Indianapolis Colts and Peyton Manning in the rain. That was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I have a lot of fond memories of going to that stadium. And I even went to a few San Diego Padre games there. Yeah, that's, <clears throat> Excuse me. that's the only when time I ever went. I believe – I actually – I believe my little brother's first baseball game ever was at Qualcomm. I believe that's the story. I don't remember. I remember going, one of my first baseball games I remember going to was, I think we went to a San Diego Padre game with my grandma and grandpa rushing, and we watched Tony Gwynn play at Qualcomm Stadium. So that was a lot of fun. Back when the Padres wore their pinstripes uniforms. Yeah. All right, back back to football, back to what we were talking about. Thank you, Mike, for submitting that fan question about our memories at Qualcomm. to the Um, football. So, so we're both taking the Chargers to win. The Jaguars just, they're not figuring it out. I think the Chargers just have a better offense than mm. the Jaguars do. All right, our next game. I'm intrigued by this matchup. You have the 3-3 three and three San Francisco 49ers going to Foxborough to play the 2-3 and three New England Patriots. Christian, who wins? How does 2-4 and four sound after this week? <laughs> I, as a Niner fan, I agree with you. I like the Niners on the road. Yeah, I think the Niners win this one, and I think it's going to be an, an interesting game. But I I think the Niners pull this one out. I agree. I think the Niners will go to four and three. They need to, they, The Niners need this win. The Patriots need it too. Like, the fact that they're going to lose back-to-back home games, I don't think that's ever happened with Bill Belichick. But we will find out. The fact that they couldn't beat a very bad Denver Bronco team who only kicked field goals and they still couldn't win is beyond me. Yeah. So we're taking the Niners. Next game. The Kansas City Chiefs travel to the Mile High Stadium to play the two and three Denver Broncos. Chiefs are five and one. Christian, who wins this game? I think that the Denver Broncos come off that upset win last week and get destroyed in this game. Uh, I agree. Granted, I don't think it's like, going to be close, but it is it is up in the altitude. But I I think that I think that Pat Mahomes has a good game. I agree. I like the Chiefs in this game as well. I'm not saying I want the Chiefs to win after what they did to my Niners in the Super Bowl, but I'm taking the Chiefs to beat the Broncos because I think the Broncos winning last week was a weird fluke. You could even ask the Broncos team, hey, we probably didn't deserve to win that game, but we escaped Foxborough with the W. Yeah. All right, so we have our new Sunday night matchup. The undefeated 5-0 Seattle Seahawks traveled to Glendale, Arizona to play the 4-2 Arizona Cardinals. 
granted only people in seattle and arizona care about this game that's why i really wanted the bucks and raiders but they switched it up on us so now we have seahawks and cardinals christian who wins this game see i like this game i think this is going to be an entertaining matchup uh because you're seeing two teams from from the nfc that uh, i mean let's be honest the cardinals have not been great in the past couple of years but they are playing well this week or this year. And so I am not only going to say that I'm excited about the matchup, I am predicting an upset. I have the Arizona Cardinals beating Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks. I think it'll be a close game. I think it'll be a very exciting game, but I, I think there might be an upset on this one. I could see an upset happening. As a 49ers and a Rams fan, I would like the Cardinals to win that way. It <laughs> yeah. levels the playing field in the NFC West. I think the Seahawks win. The fact that it's in a dome, the Seahawks are just so freaking good. Russell Wilson is having a lights-out year. I just can't pick against Russell Wilson right now. Granted, Cardinals look great against the Cowboys, but granted, they were playing the Cowboys. I like the Seattle Seahawks over the Cardinals in a close game. I think it'll be a shootout. It'll be like 31-28 or 34-31. It'll be a close game. Yeah, it, it will be a close one. But I, again, I think, I think the Cardinals pull it off. I, that that is I will say that is probably the game I'm looking forward to most this week. So I guess you are agreeing with the NFL switching the schedule up. Yeah, I, it is a good matchup. I just was really excited to watch the Bucks and Raiders battle the Pirates. Yeah, that I mean that's always fun. But I, again, I don't think the Buckers and Buccaneers are that good of a team. I think they're overrated, and I think the Raiders are going to kill them. But I think that that I think that I think that overall. Score-wise, the Seattle Seahawks and Arizona Cardinals is the best game of the week. It is a good game. Don't get me wrong. I think it is a great matchup. I was just excited to have John Gruden against his former yeah. team, Tom Brady. Like, I thought it was a good headliner. Time. <laughs> like, I wouldn't have been mad if the Seattle-Arizona game was like another Monday night game or make it like an early Sunday night game and then a later Sunday night game. But anyway, it's going to be a good matchup regardless. Our finals game of the week here. We have the Chicago Bears, who are 5-1, and one, traveling to Inglewood, California, to SoFi Stadium to play the 4-2 and two Los Angeles Rams. Our team, Christian, who wins? Yeah, the Rams are going to get kicked in the teeth this week. And I hate saying that because I really want them to win. I'll be in Vegas for this one. We are going to be at Caesars Palace, most likely, sitting in the sports book. Probably my favorite sports book of all the sports books I've been to. Although I will say that the um, Cosmopolitan has a very nice one as well. But that's not what this conversation's about. I, I think, I genuinely think the Raiders win this game. And I've been told by a Raiders fan that I... Or I'm, I'm sorry, I'm saying the Raiders. Um, the Bears. And I've been told by a Bears fan... That I shouldn't be thinking that, but the Rams have not proven themselves as a great team to me. Again, they've beaten the NFC East, but other than that, they haven't won. And I don't know if they're better than the Bears. Granted, the Rams lost to two good teams. They lost to the Bills and they lost to the Niners. And both of those games were on the road. The Niners aren't so a good Rams team. The Niners aren't a good team this year. They're the defending NFC champs. That doesn't they make them mostly, good. They have a lot of injuries. The Angels the won the World Series in 2002 teams. but didn't make to the playoffs the next year. That doesn't make them a good team. Like, I think the Rams win this game. It'll be a close game. I think the Bears defense will look really well, but I think the Rams will finally figure it out. Yeah, and I think the Rams win a close one. Are you going to send me some like money to put on them? Are you, are you feeling that good about it? I'm down. Tell the people. You're going to do it? All right. He said he's Christian, I'll bet you twenty dollars that the Rams beat the Bears. No, I'm not betting you. I'm going to waste my money in Vegas. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Don't want to put your money where your mouth is. 
because you know the Rams are going to win. I, I don't know. I think the Bears win. I think the Bears win. I'd love, I'd love for the Rams to win. This is one of those where you bet on who you think you you bet on who you don't like because either way you win, right? Your team wins or you win money. That's it's it's a it's a good side. Either it's a win win in that case. Although I don't like losing money, so. <laughs> well, well, neither does does myself or anyone. However, yeah. but. I think that's the end of our show, Christian. We've gone way over time, like usual. Oh. I did enjoy talking trash with you on Trash Talk. Thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode. Yeah, of thank trash you. Trash Talk with CJ and Rush. We'll see you next time. Please follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Follow our Facebook page. You can find our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, anywhere where you get your favorite podcasts. We are most likely there. <laughs> I am Jonathan Rushing. That was Christian Elton. Christian, say goodbye to the folks. Adios, everybody. We'll see you next time. Have a good week. We'll talk to you next week when we once again talk trash.